Good day, ladies and gentlemen. There was a hullabaloo created over the weekend over Bishop Strickland's tweets about the SSPX. And uh, we're going to talk about that here on the show today. Uh, first, I want to apologize for my color. For some reason, the camera's making me look quite orange. I do the white balance thing, and it corrects itself, and it's all right. And then I come back, and I look like Donald Trump after a spray tan. So it is what it is, but I promise I haven't adopted some sort of regime of, uh, of uh, fake tanners or something like that. Maybe I just need a new lens or something. I don't know. Maybe some techies can help me figure it out. Bishop Strickland, over the weekend, he tweeted the following tweet. Um about the Society of St. Pius X. And uh, this caused a little bit of a firestorm. And here's what he said. He said, um, in these troubling times, with so much confusion even from Rome, it is critical to remain caps lock in the Catholic Church. Schismatic movements like the SSPX or State of Acantists, however well-intended, are an injury to the body of Christ. We must need, uh, fight for uh, unity total unity, not just aspects of Catholicism. This caused a little bit of a firestorm, to say the least. And in fact, I remember um, I was texting with a friend, a few friends about this, and we were quite taken back. Um, Bishop Strickland has been one of the best voices for at least the defense of traditionally minded Catholicism. He himself is not a traditionalist per se. He only said his first Latin mass a couple years ago, I think, which is great. But of course he wasn't, you know, formed in a traditional priestly order. He's a conservative Novus Ordo Bishop, but nonetheless, he's been great with, um, you know, place traditional outlets like LifeSite news, Virgin, most powerful radio places where the SSPX is welcome, where traditional Catholicism is defended you know, he's spoken out in defense of Latin mass attending Catholics who um, simply want to attend the mass and have the faith of their ancestors. So when we saw this, a lot of us kind of recoiled and went, ah, this is not going to be fun. And uh, I remember I was actually headed to a wedding that day at an SSPX chapel. And I thought about it um, throughout the Mass, and I was just, you know, I was praying about it, and I was thinking about it, and I thought, ah, this is too bad, you know, this is going to cause a little bit of a firestorm. I would imagine the usual spe- suspects were ready to make hit pieces on the SSPX and say, you know, Bishop Strickland says you're in schism, whatever. But the good bishop surprised us all with a really strong act of humility. And he actually tweeted the following tweet in correction of it, which none of us really expected, And he said, um, a correction, as Bishop Schneider has stated, the SSPX is not in schism. The schism, the SSPX continues to hold tradition out for the universal church. The Eucharist of the SSPX is held as valid by the Catholic Church. We must turn to Jesus's Eucharistic face. Admittedly, um, this was an amazing piece of news. People were texting me this and tweeting me this and all this kind of stuff. And it was wonderful to see. Um, for some reasons, it was wonderful, obviously, for a bishop to say the truth about the SSPX. We'll discuss the tweet more in, in detail in a minute. Um, but it was also astonishing to see a bishop actually show the virtue of humility. I mean, so often we see bishops showing sort of some sort of false humility, you know, um, uh, expressing themselves to be humble and willing to listen, all that kind of stuff, but it's always for liberalism. It's always for modernism. It's always for woke Marxist Catholicism. Very rarely do we ever see a bishop saying something um, uh, that that is different than what they've said about the SSPX and sort of saying mea culpa. There was a bishop who did this, Bishop Morlino, God rest his soul, he died a couple years ago. He had put out something in his diocese I believe Madison, if I'm not mistaken, I think Wisconsin. Don't uh, quote me on my geography here about the United States. Um, But nonetheless, he had put out some sort of article basically saying stay away from the SSPX. And then he was talked to by many of the parishioners and, and the people that supported the SSPX. He did a video saying he was wrong. Um, But again, he was known as being a great Bishop, a very, a very conservative, very, thoughtful, very prayerful, very humble man. And I think that we have a similar thing in Bishop Strickland. Now, this tweet by Bishop Strickland 
where he comes out in defense of the society, so to speak, and sort of against his prior position, his position from a day before. Um, uh, this has caused its own firestorm. There were a lot of there were a lot of Catholic YouTubers who loved to pile on and, and go after the SSPX, and they jumped on the Bishop Strickland tweet against the SSPX and said, look, you know, they're schismatic. Your favorite conservative bishop says so. Uh, and then a day later, they were having to recant and re- retract their statements there, although I don't think many of them did. And um, But some some various things have been said about this, and I want to offer a slight critique here to a lot of the traditionally-minded Catholics who are being very skeptical about this or even very critical of the bishop. Listen, this is a time of deep confusion in the church, and we're going to get to in a minute some of the statements that Bishop uh, Strickland has made about the confusion in the church. And what we have here is a man who is a great defender of Catholic orthodoxy, uh, one of the only ones that is able to do so, uh, the willing to do so publicly. Um, you know, it's one thing when a priest does it or a lay person or a YouTuber, but we need the bishops to say things like this. This is why Marcel Lefebvre was so correct in that the society, and that means tradition, needed bishops because bishops are successors of the apostles and what they say is really important. That's what they say matters. Um, they do have a, a, a real strong presence of governance and teaching in the church. And it's not just a throwaway statement when they say something, of course they can be wrong, um, but we need our bishops to say the truth. But some traditionalists, some traditionally minded Catholics um, are kind of saying, you know, who cares? He was wrong the first time, back and forth. You know, he'll probably come out again, you know, sort of, I'm not going to get excited just because some bishop realizes something that's so obvious to all of us. And listen, I get that, but I tweeted this earlier, you know, you can be happy that a bishop of the Catholic Church says something good about the SSPX while at the same time not basing your entire philosophy about tradition on it. So, it's nice when bishops say good things about the SSPX, but if you know the truth, you're not going to be swayed one way or the other because it is a time of confusion. But at the same time, it's a good, healthy Catholic instinct to be happy when a bishop says something nice about anything, especially something so confusing as the Catholic Church. Before we continue, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Bishop Strickland's flip-flop. Uh, I shouldn't call it a flip-flop. It's not. I don't mean it in a, in a pejorative sense. His... Um, Humble retraction of statements about the SSPX, where he basically called them schismatics um, and lumped them in with state of acantism, which I'll talk about in a second as well. And then he sort of retracted and said, Bishop Schneider made it very clear the SSPX is not in schism. And he said, interestingly, they've held out tradition for the universal church. We're going to talk about more of that, but just for a quick moment here, I'd please like to thank our sponsors, which is the TKR store. If you're wondering how you can get a thick and... uh, uh, this is actually a prosthetic beard, but if you wanted to grow your own, you could uh, check out the products in the TKR store. Go to thekennedyreport.com and visit the TKR store to see our new products, Kennedy's Choice Beard Oil. You can use this on your beard to help with alleviating itchiness, dryness, and irritation of skin. And don't worry, no animals were used in testing this product except for myself. Use Kennedy's Choice Beard Balm for a softer, healthier, manageable beard that is made with natural ingredients. And... Trust me, I know a thing or two about beards. Visit thekennedyreport.com and check out the TKR store. The links for this are in the description. Now, if you're also looking for our frankincense oil or lanolin balm, those are back in stock. They were out of stock and people wanted them back by popular demand, so we have them again. So visit the link in the description to this video for those products. Okay, so if you're just joining us, Bishop Strickland... He tweeted against the SSPX and then a day later tweeted in favor of the SSPX, which was quite amazing. And let's look at his tweet here real quick and let's just discuss it because it says a lot about the reality of the confusion in the church. And then we're also going to talk about something Bishop Strickland said on a Spanish language podcast about the confusion in the church um, and what that means. He said a correction, as Bishop Schneider has stated, the SSPX is not in schism. The SSPX continues to hold tradition out for the universal church. Let's just leave it there for a second. This is the correct interpretation of the SSPX. I write in my book, SSPX, The Defense, 
Thank you to the thousands of people who have bought that so far and supported uh, my efforts, as well as, more importantly, supporting the message of truth about the SSBX. By doing so, um, um, whatever you think about the SSBX, and we're not going to go into the full detail of, of all of the history. I do that in my book. It's 250 pages. It's no stone left unturned. I'll probably have to do a second edition relatively soon because of the recent statements by Bishop Huander, the Swiss bishop, uh, him making it very clear that Pope Francis told him that the SSPX are not schismatics and so forth. He's got some really great videos. They are in German, but if you look up Bishop Huander, H-U-O-N-D-E-R, he's been living with the society for the last three years, and he sort of came out with public statements about it. They're great, and they do have subtitles that are accurate because they were made by the actual video producers themselves. They're not just the generated YouTube ones, which are decent, but the ones that they put up were actually perfectly correct. In any case... Um, Bishop, uh, the SSPX, you have to understand something here. Whatever one may think about the society, one may think at a time they were schismatic, they were meanie jerks and blah, 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 blah. Even if that were all true, I don't believe it is. And again, in my book, I argue that they were never schismatic and so forth. But even if you thought they were, even if you thought that there was a time, a period of 10, 15 years or something like that, until the excommunications were recognized as lifted, whatever, even if you believed that the SSPX existed in some sort of state of schism. There's a very simple fact that makes it impossible for them to be in schism if you believe Pope Francis is the Pope. What I mean by that? Pope Francis has explicitly recognized or given the... um, uh, explicitly recognized or given the SSPX faculties. What does that mean? You cannot give priests faculties if they're not in the Catholic Church. It's very simple. This isn't an opinion thing. This isn't an argument for or against the positions of Archbishop Lefebvre, which I support, of course. But nonetheless, even if I didn't, if I'm just being objective, can you receive faculties from the Roman Catholic Pope if you are not a Roman Catholic priest? You cannot. This is impossible. In fact, you also can't even receive faculties if you're suspended So there were many people that for years, they said that the SSPX priests themselves were suspended de facto a divini when they were ordained because they were ordained without permission. Well, that permission thing changed, I think, in 2017. Pope Francis extended universal permission to the SSPX to ordain priests in any diocese in the world without consulting the local bishop, I might add. Um, Nonetheless, Even before he did that, in 2015, he was very clear that the SSPX had faculties for confession, and then that that permission was recognized as being indefinite. Here's the reality. You can hate the SSPX all you want. You can think that they're meanies. You can think that they're rad trads. You can think that they're wrong. You can think that Marcel Lefebvre was an extremist. I don't agree with any of those positions. But if you wanted to believe those things, fair enough. That's your right. You know, error has no rights, but you have the right to be wrong. However... You cannot receive faculties as a Catholic priest to do Catholic sacraments that require jurisdiction, which is confession and matrimony. You can't receive faculties for those if you're not in the Catholic Church. Uh, Irregular canonical status, sure. Strange situation, not really sure how to make sense of the SSPX. Maybe you prefer to go to one TLM versus an SSPX if you have the choice because you don't really know what to think. Fair enough. Those are all positions you can hold. But it is just ecclesiologically impossible. It is ecclesiologically impossible that the SSPX are in schism in any way. If they were, that would mean that the Pope was giving faculties or recognizing the faculties explicitly of schismatics. Which, if he were to do that, that would be a big question to ask about the the papacy itself, which is a whole other ball of wax. In addition... That would mean that the Pope was giving faculties to schismatics. I don't even know what that means. And if that were the case, that would ironically buttress the claims of the SSPX that we live in such a grave crisis that we can't even trust the juridical decisions of the Pope. Either way, it's a vindication. The SSPX are not schismatic because their state of necessity is justified by the fact that the Pope is giving faculties to those who are apparently schismatics. Or on the other hand, they're just simply not schismatics. And the SSPX are correct about that because they received faculties from the Catholic Pope. Now, Again, this is not a a long podcast we're going to do about the entire history of the SSPX here. It's just simply to say, 
It is impossible. I get it. There's some people in the chat. There's this fellow who has SSPX Tourette's, as many of them do, and, you know, loves to talk about uh, schism and, and those sorts of things. You can hate the SSPX all you want. I don't recommend it because you probably shouldn't hate fellow Catholics. That's ironically kind of schismatic. But whatever your opinion may be, it is impossible to say the SSPX are in schism because they have faculties from the recognized Pope of the Catholic Church. Full stop. Again, whatever you may think, doesn't matter. Okay, so <clears throat> one quarter schizzy. Yes, there you go, Avate. Maybe we're a quarter schismatic. We can't be fully schismatic, whatever. It's like gender. Schism and, and full communion is like gender nowadays. You just make it up as you go along, and you identify with whichever one helps you win a swimming race. Um, so let's look at this tweet here again by Bishop Strickland. If you're just joining us, he retracted his statements about the SSPX. And he said... Um, the SSPX continues to hold tradition out for the universal church. And that was a great statement by this, by the good Bishop Strickland. If you know anything about the SSPX, Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre did not do what he did. Um, again, Mr. Batman Inc. You cannot receive faculties from the Pope if you are schismatic. You can't. This is like saying... Uh, you're allowed to play in the game for the team, but you're not in the league. If you're in the game and they're paying you, you're in the league. It's that simple. You don't have to like them. But here represents the confusion that we're going to get to in a second here. This diabolical disorientation that afflicts so many Catholics in our day. And Sister Lucia Fatima said that this would happen. You cannot receive faculties from the Roman Catholic Pope if you're not under him. If you're under him... Um, if you're under him, then you're Catholic. If he's your boss, then you work for him. People understand this, right? This is this is why all this talk that people have about uh, the SSPX being schismatic. I honestly, I mean, again, I can understand. People disagree with the SSPX. There are smart theologians who have their reasons why they think... Um. um they were where they, you know, they think that Marcel Lefebvre wasn't correct in all his positions. Fair enough. There hasn't been a saint in history who was perfect and impeccable in all his decisions and, and beliefs. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, there were a couple of beliefs that he had that turned out to be defined differently later on, like the Immaculate Conception. This doesn't mean he's not the greatest, if not one of one of the greatest, if not the greatest theologian in the church's history. He's still the angelic doctor. Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre did not have to be 100% impeccably correct in all his decisions because he wasn't Jesus Christ. It's ironic. Um, in a day where uh, pretty much everyone and their dog is canonized, the Pope is formally canonizing uh, people who were a part of a church that is officially in schism from the Roman Catholic Church by their own admission, um, recognizing them as saints in the Roman martyrology. And maybe they are. I, I hope they are. I, I'm actually quite open to the Orthodox. I, I know that there are major differences and I'm not downplaying it. I just, I don't want there to be a schism. So I like to see uh, a closeness between East and West. I want that to happen. Um, who would not want, I mean, that'd be so strange to not want that to happen. I, I, I pray every day that there would be a unification. We should all want that. So I'm not someone who's got some sort of malice for the Orthodox, but there's a schism. There's a schism. Um, we'll talk about this in a second, Anthony. But the point being, uh, you know, in this time of, of, of everyone and their dog is a saint, people criticize Archbishop Lefebvre because they find a position he held that they don't think is correct. It's like, okay. What do we say about Pope John Paul II, who we're supposed to call St. John Paul the Great? You know, anyway. So, in any case, back to this. You can't, um, you can't give faculties to priests that are not in the Catholic Church. This is a legal impossibility. And for priests that are in the Catholic Church, you can't give them faculties if they're suspended. So when Pope Francis recognized the SSPX had faculties, again, I believe they had jurisdiction before that for other reasons that I described in my book, but just going from 2015, which is almost 10 years ago now, it's almost been a decade, that's not a short amount of time. Since 2015 onward, the SSPX have had faculties for, for sacraments that require jurisdiction. That's why they received them for those faculties or those uh, sacraments, by the way, is because to uh, put aside doubt about the validity because those sacraments require Jurisdiction for governance, matrimony and confession are acts of governance by priests because they're public acts of the church. 
Okay. When you're reconciled to the church uh, through confession, this is an act of you're acting as judge essentially. So it's a, an act of governance. And when you're witnessing a marriage, you're witnessing the validity of that marriage. That's why they had to have faculties. Uh, that's why it was deemed that they had to have their faculties recognized for those to clear up confusion. I believe they had it before. Again, you can find that in my book and many people believe that as well. Anyway, saying the SSPX is in schism is legally impossible, even if you hate them. Okay, I'm going to stop beating a dead horse, uh, horse there. And uh, and this is another thing, too. Sarmad says, can you imagine what would happen if Francis gave faculties to an actual schismatics like the Russian Orthodox? They would laugh and escort him out of the building. That's the thing, too. You don't accept faculties or at least be grateful for the recognition thereof from the Pope if you're not under him. So, anyway. Okay. Now, what about confusion? Because um, I don't have the clip here, but it was on a Spanish-language podcast by um, Padre Javier Ravasi. He is an Argentinian priest, and he asked Bishop Strickland a question about... He asked Bishop Strickland a question about um, uh, the Synod of Bishops, specifically the German, you know, the one that's getting crazy out of hand. Okay, one more time, Mr. Batman here. The SSPX do not talk like Peter Diamond. Peter Diamond hates the SSPX. It doesn't matter how they talk. It doesn't matter what you think about them. Being a meanie poo-poo head does not make you a schismatic. Schism is a sin and it's a legal reality. If the Pope gives them faculties, then they're in the church. That's it. You don't have to like them. You can put the picture of the Marcel Lefebvre on a dartboard and throw darts at it. I don't recommend it because you'd be throwing darts at a saint. Nonetheless, it won't change their canonical reality. They're a Catholic priest in the Catholic Church, according to the Roman Catholic Pope. If you'd like to disobey the Pope, then go for it, and you can call the kettle black by saying everyone else is a schismatic. <clears throat> so, um, in any case, um, confusion. So, Bishop Strickland was on... Uh, this is a good question as well. I always get uh, confused here. I always get sidetracked. I shouldn't look at the comments. I I, I just want to make sure I'm uh, engaging with the audience. Father Ripperger says a lady are hammering clergy. People need to stop hammering good holy priests and bishops. Exactly. 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 Um, I'm going to put this question up here about Cardinal Burke. I'm going to get to it in a sec. But if I get sidetracked too many times, I'm not going to get to my point. Which maybe you don't want to hear. So maybe <laughs> maybe who cares. Bishop Strickland was on Padre um, Javier Ravasi's um, podcast called Que No Te Le Cuenten, and es un programa uh, español donde un sacerdote español habla con, hace entrevistas con obispos y sacerdotes, if I have any Spanish listeners. I am going to be doing some interviews on Spanish language shows as well, a uh, little known fact that this gringo does speak pretty good Spanish. Um, in any case... And we are working on a Spanish translation of my book about the SSPX, but that'd probably take a couple months. I mean, it's not, it can't happen overnight to do it well. But any, anyway, um, he asked Bishop Strickland, he says, ¿Qué piensa del sínodo de los obispos? What do you think about the synod of bishops? And uh, Bishop Strickland speaks wonderful Spanish. He speaks it with a very distinctly Texan accent, but he does speak wonderful Spanish. And he said, um, he said, es de Satanás. He said, it is of Satan. What he was saying by that was it was in a context of a conversation. He said, because el espíritu de este sínodo es el espíritu de confusión. He said, the spirit of this synod is a synod, is a spirit of confusion. And confusion is de Satanás. Confusion is from Satan. He was exactly correct. Clarity is from God. Confusion um, is from Satan. Clarity is from God. Confusion is from Satan. And um, so Bishop Strickland was saying, we look at this synod on, of bishops and this German synod, I mean, all the synod stuff going on, the synod on synodality, it's, you know, synodal way, whatever. And it's really confusing. And confusing, confusion is not of God. Confusion is of Satan. That was his point. And when Bishop Strickland put up that tweet, it was very confusing. 
And when he did clear, when he did his uh, retraction, it it gave us clarity. Clarity is of God, right? And um, I think it's kind of providential that about a week before this whole confusing thing about the SSPX happened, Bishop Strickland gave us this example of of how bishops, and I'm not criticizing Bishop Strickland here, I'm just recognizing what he's done publicly, how on the one hand there can be a statement that's very confusing and it sends the faithful into a tizzy. On the other hand, he can clarify and it really calms the storm. And this is what bishops are called to do. Christ teaches his bishops, the, the apostles, he teaches them that in a tempest, that staying with Christ and trusting in Christ will calm the storm. Okay, and uh, and in fairness, I think this is what Bishop Strickland was trying to get at in his first tweet, where he was basically saying, "Don't leave the church, even though things are bad." He retracted, and obviously, the SSPX are not out of the church, but nonetheless, that was a good sentiment for him him to have because we see that in the gospel. This makes perfect sense. But confusion is of Satan, and Truth is of God. Why is there so much confusion about the SSPX? Well, I mean, we don't even have to look. I mean, we could look to Malachi Martin, for example. He talks about the enthronement of Satan in the Vatican. We don't even have to get into these realms of speculation, which seem pretty true. Um, But even if we don't get into sort of the realm of conspiracy and speculation for a moment, ever since the Second Vatican Council, it wasn't just then, it was starting before then, but ever since the Second Vatican Council, we have seen utter chaos and confusion. Um, debate about the Second Vatican Council documents notwithstanding, whatever happened after those documents has been a complete and utter dumpster fire in the church. Uh, if you don't think there has been a crisis in the church, then I've got a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you, as they say. I'd like to sell you a pet rock, okay? Uh, it's a real rare one. It's only $10,000. You'll like it. Um, you'll buy anything is the point. If you don't believe that there's been a crisis in the church for the last 50 years, it's been unbelievable. It's been, as Michael Scott would say, insurmountable. Um, it's been terrible. And the reason is, is because of confusion. And this is why Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre stands out so strikingly against the backdrop. Because Archbishop Lefebvre was anything but confusing. His biggest critics say he was too black and white. They say he didn't leave enough room for nuance because the Pope's planners love nuance. Uh, they can nuance them. They can nuance their way out of believing Catholicism as long as it makes them look good on the internet. And uh, Archbishop Lefebvre was clear as day. He was black and white. And when you look at the negotiations, the doctrinal discussions, let's call them, between Rome and the SSPX, what you always find, and you can, these documents aren't published, but you can sort of talk to priests and bishops and, and sort of learn things here and there. Basically, what you have is you have the theologians that are sent by Rome that have this sort of Hegelian, modernist kind of way where they're sort of trying to find this way forward between contradictory things. And then you have the SSPX who is like, here's 19 centuries of Catholicism. Here's what every single pope ever said. Tell us how your thing fits with everything else forever. And the discussions can be fruitful, but they break down. And the reason is, is because confusion is of Satan. Clarity is of God. This is why modernists hate Marcel Lefebvre. Marcel Lefebvre was simple. And I mean this in the most affectionate way possible. When you actually listen to him talk, when you read his sermons, his spiritual life, Um, you can see that he was a bishop who was a missionary. He was used to explaining the faith to pagans, literal pagans worshiping totem poles and snake worshipers in Africa and sub-Saharan Africa and in the sort of pagan parts of Africa. And he goes and he explains to them, this is heaven, this is hell, this is God, this is the devil, this is the truth, this is a lie. And when he explains the Catholic faith, it's very simple. It's very simple. This is one thing you learn when you attend uh, chapels for mass uh, offered by the priests of the SSPX. The sermons are often very simple. And I mean that in the best way possible. They're clear and they have clarity like fresh water that you see in a pond has clarity. It's still, it's calm, and, and there's no way to confuse it. It's just simply the Catholic faith. When people would ask Archbishop Lefebvre what Catholic families had to do to save their souls and save their family's souls, 
in the new springtime. You know what he said? He would say, go to the old mass and not the new mass. Teach your children the catechism of the Council of Trent and pray the rosary every day. That's it. That's literally all you have to do. Now compare that to the new springtime. Compare that to the Second Vatican Council experiment we've been living through. It's encounter groups, youth ministry, parish groups, uh, trips to Steubenville, you know, new catechisms, youth catechisms, new devotions, uh, more renewals, more revivals. And guess what? Nobody's Catholic anymore. Whereas you look at the traditional movement and it's teach your children the rosary, teach them the catechism of the Council of Trent, go to the old mass. Guess what? You'll save your soul. Of course, you know, you can, anyone can make mistakes and lose their own soul, but I'm just speaking generally here. This is why in a world of confusion, the SSPX stands out. This is why, um, you know, people say, why will, why will Rome not simply recognize the SSPX as such in like a totally normal way? The reality is, is that ultimately to recognize the SSPX in a totally normal way to say, you know, tomorrow they have an ordinary or, or whatever, some sort of juridical structure that we could just continue as they are and have jurisdiction in the normal way and all that kind of stuff is to do so would be to validate tradition and invalidate modernism. And Rome knows this. The SSPX teaches, for example, I should rephrase. There are no such thing as SSPX teachings. The Society of St. Pius X have priests trained like all priests should be have been trained in the past. And they just teach Catholicism. It's not the SSPX teaching these things. It's just Catholicism through these priests. And they teach the rights of Christ's king in society. Well, after Vatican II, Rome was asking Span- or, uh, Catholic countries to take Catholicism out of the Constitution as a state religion. The SSPX would teach it that's wrong, because it is wrong. Therefore, to validate the SSPX is to invalidate the experiment of Vatican II. That's kind of how it works. The SSPX says, the new Mass is not organic. It's sort of cut from whole cloth. It's new wine and old wineskins. It, it, you know, it's going to burst at the seams. It's not found in the tradition. This is true. So, it's one thing to have, you know, the fraternity of St. Peter. It's one thing to have Institute of Christ the King because it's not a criticism of them, but it's just their existence de facto requires acceptance, at least in principle, of the new rite of mass and the new springtime uh, because they exist within that and they're sort of a minority and they kind of put them in a ghetto. Whereas the SSPX says, no, all Catholics have right to traditional mass. No one has the right to say you have to say the Novus Ordo and can't say the new Mass or the old Mass. All Catholics have their spiritual heritage, and we're going to give it, and it is against the, the, the edification of the Church for anyone, even the Pope, to stop that. If, the Rome, if Rome were to validate the SSPX and give them a totally normal, you know, normal above-board, regular—I don't mean above-board because I think what they're doing is illegal, but you know what I'm saying—regular, clear, canonical situation in the Church— this would be to basically destroy the experiment of the Second Vatican Council, which would be a good thing, but the modernists don't want that. Okay, I'm going to get some questions here. So, Phantom Falsetto, interesting name, says, I second the question about Cardinal Burke. Basically, someone was asking, why did Cardinal Burke say the SSPX is schismatic? I don't know. I don't know Cardinal Burke. All I can say is this. Um... There are three bishops in the last 30 years, roughly 35 years, who have actually been tasked as their job to go and work, uh, not only talk with the SSPX, but like live with them, stay with them, get to know them. There might be more, but I think it's just three. Bishop or Cardinal Gagnon in 1987-88. He was the most trusted man in Rome, by the way. He was the man who did the investigations into the Freemasons and the Curia under Paul VI. Um, and when Pope John Paul II came out of his coma after being shot, Gagnon was the first man he asked for because Gagnon told Pope John Paul II that there would be an attempt on his life. And John Paul II disregarded it. And his words were essentially, who would want to kill the Pope? And Cardinal Gagnon's like, oh, my goodness. Of course, someone would want to kill the Pope. Uh, the next man was Bishop Schneider, who we all know and love. And then there is Bishop Huander, who has been living with the SSPX for the last three years. He's a, he's a bishop of Switzerland. 
uh, the Diocese of Chur, or Chur, however you say it. And all of those men have come out in admiration of the SSPX. Uh, Bishop uh, Cardinal Gagnon told uh, Father Charles Murr, who wrote this in my book, that the SSPX seminary should be the model for all seminaries in the world. It is the greatest possible seminary. Okay, must be very Catholic if that's the case. He called Archbishop Lefebvre in writing, this is, you can find this in my book, um, a treasure of the church. Okay, treasures of the church are not usually schismatics. Um, uh, Cardinal or Bishop Schneider has said emphatically after doing visitations, he was an official visitator, <coughs> excuse me, to the SSPX. He said the SSPX are not schismatics. And he says it's pharisaical to come at them with all these legalese arguments. Uh, he said we are in absurdity when we come after the SSPX using little tit-for-tat things here in canon law because that's using the law against the spirit of it, which is what Pharisees do. And uh, recently, Bishop Wander has come out and said that Pope Francis should literally apologize to the SSPX for the injustices against Marcel Lefebvre and the society. Schneider said sim- uh, similar things. And he said a line that made me almost fall out of my chair, and he said... Pope Francis literally apologizes, and I'm paraphrasing, he apologizes to empty graves. Why can't he just apologize to the SSPX? I thought that was amazing. So these three men, whose actual job it was to get to know the SSPX, they always come away saying they're not schismatics. Cardinal Burke definitely is an esteemed canonist in the church, and, and obviously it seems like a very holy man. People have told me that. I've never met him. He believes the SSPX has some sort of schismatic mentality to it. Again, I don't know why uh, Cardinal Burke, I think it was in 2017, he said they were schismatic or in schism. Again, it's impossible to be in schism if you have faculties from the Pope. I don't know why that's hard to understand for such a great canonist. It's just, this is like law 101. You can't be in the league and not in the league at the same time. It's the principle of non-contradiction. You can't have faculties from the Pope and not be under the Pope at the same time. If you're under the Pope, you're Catholic. If you're not, you're not. It's just like, it's 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 clear enough for us for a kindergartner, but for some reason, Cardinal Burke has different opinions. Why he has those, I have no idea. But he also has not been tasked to get to know and work with the SSPX in an intimate way the, the way that these bishops have, and his position is in stark contrast. Uh, bishop Vigano as well has come out swinging for the SSPX, so some good bishops. Um, okay, more questions. There's like 50 comments here. I hope this Batman guy. Uh, is uh, not going to be continuing to come after me the whole time. Um, um, okay. This is an interesting question. Um, oh, so Batman says, not to be annoying, it's not that I don't like them. They do say things themselves when they ally themselves with CMRI posting diamond-like content. They don't ally themselves with CMRI and, and, and they don't post diamond-like content. I mean, there, there's a bishop, again, maybe, maybe you should get my book, uh, Mr. Batman, sir, because um, um, I put in there like a litany of different bishops. Like one of the bishops from England in the 1200s who's revered as a great Catholic hero, um, he said that the Pope was disobeying Christ. This is very strong words. I mean, certain bishops have said things like that. So it depends on why they say it in their intention. Um. Okay. Lots of comments here. If you do have a question, please put a um, put a uh, question mark in front of it. Anthony says, Archbishop Lefebvre was black. I thought he was French. Anthony, you are a very intelligent person. Let's leave it at that. Um, oh, someone asked, what, what is it with FSSPX and SSPX? Officially, it's the Fraternal Society of St. Pius X, so it's FSSPX, but it's just become SSPX colloquially. That's what we call it in English. But in other places, they call it FSSPX. Um, okay, any... Oh, um, so how do you remove the scales or are they lost? I think you're asking, how do you get people to see the truth of the SSPX? Uh, first and foremost, um, obviously you just try to talk to people nicely. You know, I don't think that it's a good thing for trads to be 
consistently annoying on Twitter. I think it's one of the literally one of the worst things that you could ever do for Catholicism. I think it's I think it's terrible. Um, you know, why on earth would anyone want to uh, join the Catholic Church or become a traditionalist when they see people constantly hammering other Catholics who are just like have a different opinion? Now, on the other hand, Twitter is a place for memes and pictures of frogs and that sort of stuff. I get that. But I'm just saying it's probably not an effective evangelization tool. Um, stuff like that's probably better for Telegram or something. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think it's good. Um, Kennedy, your Spanish is great. Please do some programs in Spanish. I will do my best. Voy a ser mi mejor. Um, good question um, about the Swiss Guard, Mr. Batman. The Swiss Guard was actually present at Bishop Wander's uh, jubilee of his priesthood that he celebrated in an SSPX chapel with SSPX subdeacons. So that's an interesting connection. Um, yes, this is true. The Vatican has asserted many times the SSPX is in communion with the church and not in schism. Yeah, and it's true. And again, we don't have to have every jot and tittle. This is the thing. If we're in a crisis in the church, then we don't expect clarity from Rome. If we find certain pieces of it, that's great. But the entire argument does not rest on it and never has. Any more questions? Thank you. Uh, enjoyed my book, Lockdown with the Devil. Why did I change the name? I changed the name uh, with Family Be Damned because originally I wanted to call it Lockdown with the Devil, and I thought the lockdown might have been a passing fad. And then two weeks or so to spread later, I realized it was one of those things that was going to be sort of lasting in our consciousness as a society. So I figured Lockdown was a, uh, a better title for it. That's why I did it. Also, um, um, some people were reluctant to get the book because the word damned was on it and it looks too much like a swear word. So I don't know. I just sort of appeased certain sensibilities as best I could. Can SSPX worshipers, <laughs> Easter worshipers, remember Barack Obama said that? Can they go to an Ecclesia Day Mass? Anybody can go to any Mass in the Catholic Church they want. Um, I went to a Mass from the Institute of Christ the King uh, on my way home from Kansas. Uh, because it was just where we could go to mass. It was like an hour and a half and another option. It was great. It was wonderful. Great people. A lot of the people there came up to me after and they watched my show when they love the SSPX. They bought my book. They, they love Marcel Lefebvre. You know, I think trads generally speaking across the board are um, pro SSPX. I think even most traditional priests, I think it's mainly the old guard in the FSSP uh, that is anti SSPX, but it's not really the case, at least in my experience across the board. Um, that being said, if I had an option to go to the SSPX or to the FSSP or Christ the King and I was traveling, I would choose the SSPX because there is still the risk in an Ecclesia Day setting that you might hear something against the SSPX. Sometimes it does happen, sadly, and I wouldn't want my kids to hear that because it's incorrect information. Uh, but as far as attending an SS, uh, a mass by an Ecclesia Day community, uh, the mass is the mass is the mass. Um, if you have any questions, yeah, this is a great statement. Oh, thank you. Um, loves our lady. Read the Ottaviani intervention. This is a really great thing. I'm going to get back to this here in just a second here, because this is a huge talking point. Uh, but, but, um, Josiah says, it's funny that hyper papalists think to the Pope, that Pope Francis is only wrong when it comes to his teaching on the society. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. You know, the Pope is never wrong. Even when he says, you know, go worship a Pachamama or whatever, you know, I know they'll say that he didn't actually say that whenever something ridiculous happens. Um, but when Pope Francis says the SSPX are not schismatic, you know, it's funny. The usual suspects, we don't name them because we don't have to throw pearls before swine, as Christ says. Um, when Pope Francis says, like, when it's recorded that he said such and such in an interview, it's like, well, he didn't actually mean that. Um, you know, he, he clearly isn't a heretic. Um, the Pope is, of course, orthodox, 
But then when it's accounted, uh, recounted by someone directly under the Pope and working for him in a certain position, and he says with all certainty, Pope Francis told me the SSPX are not schismatic. Well, that's not really true, is it? It's like, okay, so the Pope is correct when he agrees with you, when he's not, when he doesn't agree with you, uh, but somehow you're different than the so-called rad trads you criticize. As the old saying goes, if you didn't have double standards, you'd have no standards at all. Okay, um, great question. Uh, read the Ottaviani Intervention. It's a small book, but it tells you everything about the Novus Ordo. This is an extremely important little book, not just because of what it contains as far as content is concerned, but because of the what the publication of that book means, the fact that it was presented. So what was this? Cardinal Ottaviani, he was the head of the Holy Office, the head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith under Paul VI, and I believe John Twenty-Third, and I'm not sure if it was Pius XII, but he was at that time. Anyway, Amazing theologian, known as a great cardinal of the church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He was not a fan of what happened at the council. He was not a fan of what happened with the new mass. So there is an idea that a lot of defenders of the new mass have. And they say, if you think that the Pope could publish a liturgy that is harmful, then you're anathema because they go back to a canon in the Council of Trent where it says something similar to that. Basically, if you think the church could publish something, a, a liturgy that was harmful, then let them be anathema. Two things. One, that was obviously about what was happening during the Protestant revolt. That's why the council was called. It wasn't about the Novus Ordo that came 500 years later because it didn't exist yet. Also, um, all infallible teachings of the church and anathemas from the councils are infallible must be interpreted in a narrow sense. What does that mean? Don't make it say more than it is, because then you'll get yourself into a problem. So, Cardinal Ottaviani, who arguably was the most authoritative theologian in the world, because that's his job, he's the head of theology for the Catholic Church, it's a big deal. Doesn't mean he's correct in everything, of course. Um, But nonetheless, he doesn't have some sort of infallible charism. Nonetheless, it's a big deal. And he presented a study of the Novus Ordo to Paul VI and said, this is bad. You can read it. He basically said that this mass does not even contain Catholic theology in it. Like he had nothing good to say about it. Archbishop Lefebvre also helped him write this report. So what does this tell us? I think Cardinal Ottaviani understood the Council of Trent. Call me crazy. He probably knew what he was doing. He had no problem presenting this criticism to Paul VI. Now, what does that tell us? People who say that it is heretical against the infallibility of the Pope and so forth to say that the Pope could publish something that's a bad liturgy, they're going to have to reconcile with the fact that the head of doctrine, who the Sedes, traditionalists, they love Cardinal Ottaviani because he's from that time. And he had no problem presenting a document to the Pope fully aware that this was going to be published. Meaning he knew that the Pope had every intention to publish a new Mass, And he said, it's bad. So clearly, at least in his interpretation, which is very powerful considering his position in the church at the time, he was under no illusion that the church could not publish a liturgy that was at least deficient or presented dangerous to the faith. Now, how do we reconcile that with the Council of Trent saying the church can never promulgate a harmful liturgy? Personally, I think that it has to be interpreted narrowly, as theologians do tell you about interpreting infallible teachings of the church. Don't make them say things they're not. The new mass is a valid mass and the holy sacrifice takes place. Therefore, that part of it is intrinsically good. So it's not objectively harmful in the sense of you touch it and you get burnt. It's not like, uh, yeah, like, I mean, it would be intrinsically evil to ever show your children a pornographic image, let's say, or a video. That'd just be like, you know, send you to jail right there. But it's not intrinsically evil to attend the new mass. You can attend it for reasons of charity if you're someone who won't go normally, but, you know, a funeral or a wedding or something like that. And it's not like you're just going to lose your faith on, on, the, on the spot. It's not like you're going to witness necessarily something that's completely invalid. But it presented a grave danger to the faith over time, which is what Archbishop Lefebvre and Cardinal Ottaviani believed. So thank you for bringing up the Ottaviani intervention because it's extremely telling about what it is. Um. What advice would you give to Catholic authors trying to get published? It depends. If you have a following, self-publishing is the way to go because the royalties are higher. 
if you don't have a following, then just you basically just have to reach out to different publishers. Uh, publishers offer less royalties because that's the name they, they handle so much. You know, they offer, let's say, X percentage, which is less than that, and more percentage if you're self-published. But if you don't have a following, then you're not going to sell any books on your own. Just going to self-publish it. No one's ever going to hear of it. I and mean, obviously there are exceptions. But if a publisher does pick it up, at least it's going to be in catalogs and in bookstores. So you're likely to sell many more copies that you never would have because people don't know who you are otherwise. As far as getting picked up by a publisher, you I, I emailed a couple publishers about Terror of Demons when I first wrote it. Uh, got nothing. It was just no thanks, thanks, but no thanks. Then I self-published and it struck a chord. I was able to get on Taylor Marshall uh, and it came, it was near the top of the Amazon Catholic bestsellers list for a little while uh, and it was beyond my wildest dreams. And then Tan did pick it up as I, I wanted to give the whole publisher thing a try. If I'm being honest though, um, you, you can't beat the royalties of self-publishing. So if you have your own following, that's the way to go. So it depends. <laughs> Oh, Anthony. Anthony is relentless. What about my question on God's providence? Do I think it's God's providence where my book comes out at this time? By the way, the book is available in the description, SSPX, The Defense. Thank you to everyone who's bought it. Um, do I think... Um, do I think uh, it's providence that it came out at this time? Yeah, I do. Um, if I'm being honest, I, I love Archbishop Lefebvre and I ask for his intercession daily and I try to listen to God as best as I can. And I decided to, it was like the time was right and it just had to be done. It only took me three weeks to write the book. It took me like, you know, a month to finish the editing and stuff after that, but just literally start to finish the bulk of it. You know, the, the meat of it was done in three weeks because it was just like something that just pff, had to write. It just had to come out of me and it was the time. And it was when my wife got hurt. Um, so I was taking time off work. I was, uh, she was really hurt. She had a major head injury, a brain injury. And I couldn't sleep because I'm, you know, I'm a husband and a father and I'm worried about my wife and kids. What's going to happen? And she can have long-term damage. I was just going crazy. Uh, so rather than picking up a bad habit, like drinking whiskey all night or something, I decided that I would just couldn't sleep. So I would just write a book. So I, from every, every night between about 9 p.m. and 3 in the morning, I just would write without ceasing pretty much for six hours a night, sleep for a couple hours before the kids got up, did that for about three weeks and the book was done. Don't recommend that schedule, but it worked. And um, it was around that time that all the attacks were happening against the SCSPX and everybody's asking me, do you want to write make videos refuting this guy or that guy or whatever? Videos are important, but people forget about videos pretty quick. Even videos with like 10 million views, they're viral for like two weeks and then they're gone. Maybe there's a, maybe they, maybe they're resurrected a few years later. People, oh, remember that? But books are permanent. And when you put your, put your thoughts in print, they are shared with people and people take the time. And a lot of people who watch videos are really unserious about it. Doesn't mean, I'm not saying my audience here is unserious. What I mean is people might tune in for five minutes and tune out for five, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. But if somebody's going to pick up a book, they're really going to digest it information and then they're going to tell people about it and they're going to share that book. And I just thought it was a more effective way to write a book because, you know, books are just more effective for, for real transmission of information. So that's what I did. And the reception has been beyond my wildest dreams. And I think that says a lot about Providence's plans for the Society of St. Pius X, of which I hope I can be a humble uh, part of that. Um, and thank you to Archbishop Lefebvre for all that he's done. Um. Would I be willing to reach out to Cardinal Burke? Sure. If somebody wants to connect me, I don't think he'd listen to me. I mean, he's, he's, why would he? Um, have a summit or forum. If somebody wants to organize some sort of summit or forum about the SSPX, I'll show up. <laughs> Someone asks, could the SSPX and the FSSP reunite? I don't really know how to answer that. The FSSP requires the SSPX to exist, essentially. 
you look at, you know, it's like they exist because the SSPX exists. Um, if the crisis, one day when the crisis ends, I think it'll just be, they'll just be traditional orders again. So, I mean, the fraternity would probably just be one of those orders, right? I think that's the easiest way to look at it. Oh, thank you, Batman. I'll say happy Mother's Day to my wife. And, and if you have a wife, it's yours as well. This is uh, from Third Secret of Fatima. What really concerns me about Bishop Strickland had this belief of the SS pick for so long wouldn't have changed until he got ratioed. I don't know if Bishop Strickland had this belief for so long. A lot of people don't really think about the SSPX that much. They really don't. Um, they can be under pressure here and there. I know a lot of people in the Tyler, Tyler Diocese. I have a good friend down there. And he said that that crowd down there is super pro SSPX, you know, a lot of the people. So I don't really know what to think. And I don't think he, I don't think he got ratioed. I, I, I think people reached out to him because he's a very humble man. Is my wife okay now? My wife is doing a lot better. She's not 100%. And, you know, I've, there's still a lot of, a lot of help and stuff we've got to give. But, but like, she's got no long-term damage. She's just dealing with some symptoms that are concussion symptoms. They can last for months. And that's why I've, I've had to take continual time to, to take care of her. To help. Really, it's more to help take care of the kids because she needs to have the ability to take a break when she needs it. Um, but she's doing way better and she'll have a normal, she'll have a normal life. And, and it's a miracle. The way she hit her head, it was unbelievable. It was the scariest thing I ever saw. Literature is timeless. Yes, exactly. SSPX are total trads. You're exactly correct. Traditional Thomas. Um, <laughs> cringe takes. That's funny. Um, Anthony, when will you admit my Nona makes better sauce than yours for my dead body? Not going to happen, Anthony. Um, am I doing any book tours in the U.S.? Well, I'm a self-published author, so any tours would be the ones that I would, would organize myself. I am going to be at the Canceled Priest Conference in June. Um, so if you're there, I'll have some books. And if anybody wants to invite me to speak about the Society of St. Pius X, I'm more than welcome. Even do a hostile environment. I won't do the internet debate thing. I tried doing that. That's a whole other conversation. But I also don't really like internet debates. Um, you know, I was listening to um, the old Michael Davies versus E. Michael Jones debate back from the mid-90s about the SSPX. And in order to have a good debate, you got to have a crowd. It's, it's not just information. It's also rhetoric and it's context and it's mood. That's the way, you know, that's the way it's always been done. This is why councils are done in person. This is why, you know, if you have a job, working remotely is just not the same as being in the office with your colleagues. It's just not the same. Um, when you're, when you're, um, when you're remote, you can't, there's just, there's, there's nonverbal communication. And when you're around people, you can kind of be humbled by people's reactions and stuff. And it causes you to be a little more humble. That doesn't happen on internet debates, which is why it's just like people talking past each other with no, no, the moderator can't really do much. It's interrupting is awkward with the lag with zoom calls and things. So I just don't like it, but I will, I'll come to any environment. If people invite me to talk about the SSPX and, and whatever, and, and that's fine. Yeah, I'll do that. But I don't have anything scheduled besides going to that conference in, in June. How many times did your book get mentioned on Twitter in the last 24 hours? I don't know. I don't really go on Twitter much on, on uh, Saturday or Sunday. The only reason I know what happened is because somebody texted me a screenshot, screenshot and then I sort of checked it out last night. But I try to unplug more on, on the weekend. And Paul Pereira says, thank you. I wanted to say he got the SSPX book and is loving it. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if there's any more questions, I'll be on maybe, maybe maximum three or four more minutes if you want to ask a question. Um... This is a great comment. Oh, Purdy. <laughs> you too, Father. Um, this is great. Study the history of, the, of Europe and one stops being Protestant. Study the history of the SSPX, one stops being against them. That's exactly what happens. It's exactly what happens. If you study the history of the SSPX intimately, you just go, wow, something else is going on here. 
just like you study the history of Europe, you go, wow, the Catholic Church is literally civilization. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, last thing. Visit uh, the, t- the the links in the description for my book, Shameless shameless uh, Self-Promotion. It's not really shameless. It's it's just self-promotion. Um, and if you do want to, uh, you know, you see this? I actually shaved yesterday, and it grew back, by the way. Um, the reason is, is because I used the TKR beard products, which you can find in the links to this, in the description to this video. And we also have a frankincense oil and a lanolin balm bestsellers. People love those. Last question here. Any thoughts on SSPX schools? My experience is that they're great. Schools are schools. There's always going to be kids. You know, it's always, it's, it's persons, it's personalities. Nothing's perfect. It's like, you can't put your kid in any school and be like, it's impossible. They'll ever be bullied or something. I mean, people are there. People are people, you know, but as far as Catholic schools go, it's hard to beat an SSPX school. I think they're the best available. There's no question about that. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Kennedy Report. Until next time, God bless you all. Go to thekennedyreport.com and visit the TKR store to see our new products, Kennedy's Choice Beard Oil. You can use this on your beard to help with alleviating itchiness, dryness, and irritation of skin. And don't worry, no animals were used in testing this product except for myself. Use Kennedy's Choice Beard Balm for a softer, healthier, manageable beard that is made with natural ingredients. And trust me, I know a thing or two about beards. Visit thekennedyreport.com and check out the TKR store. The links for this are in the description.